2: Welcome into the John Clay podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexonero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Florida basketball game this Saturday at Rep Arena. It's a four o'clock start. CBS has the television coverage. As you might remember, Kentucky beat Florida 76-58 down in Gainesville on January the 9th. So this will be the rematch between the two teams as we head into the home stretch here of the regular season. To get a scouting report on the Gators, I talked with Chris Harry of FloridaGators.com. We talked about what has changed for Florida since that first game, how the Gators are playing now. And then we know how Kentucky's playing now. Kentucky's won three in a row. And I talked to Jerry Tipton, my friend and colleague at the Herald Leader, just about how the Cats look going into this game on Saturday. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. First with Chris Harry of FloridaGators.com and then with Jerry Tipton of Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Chris Harry, he is a senior writer for the Florida for the Florida Athletic Department, FloridaGators.com is where you can find Chris. I've known Chris for a long time. He's always done a great job, does a great job covering Florida basketball. How's it going, Chris?
1: I'm doing well, John. How are you?
2: I am good. What's the weather like there in Florida?
1: Do you really want to know that right now?
2: Well, I, I, I do. I, it's pretty <laughs> it's okay here, except we just came out of a big ice and snow storm. That's why I was curious what the what, <laughs> well, what it the was there.
1: Cause I, 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 actually, I grew up in uh Northern Virginia and I've been up and I was up there last week, uh, for some family things. And, and, uh, I was there for, I got stuck in an ice storm up there too. Really? And yes, as a matter of fact, uh, uh my, my, the, I was in the house that I, that, that I grew up in and the, and right. the, 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 yeah, the, the hill that we used to sled on as a kid and, and it, it was it was covered in ice and people trying to get up and down the damn thing and whatever. And then of course, you know, you know, we get back to Florida and, you know, it just, it might be 79 today, John and sunny here. I took I took a nice walk earlier and stuff, but, uh, okay. You know, basketball's played indoors, so, you right. know, we, you know, we can only enjoy right.
2: it so much. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. Well, I knew you, you're from, <laughs> like, the Washington, D.C. area, aren't you?
1: I am, indeed. I was born in Washington, D.C., that's right. Grew you, up in Arlington, Virginia.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. I knew you were from a, in that area, but I didn't know exactly where. Okay, in Arlington, yeah, right. Virginia. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. uh, every well until this year, uh, for the Preakness, I cover the Preakness, and my wife goes with me because she loves Washington, D.C., and we, we usually stay in Arlington. There's a place in Arlington where we stay, so I'm familiar with Arlington so when did you go to florida when did you move to florida
1: i, I went i moved I, I went to the university of south florida for school and okay. i said you know this is this is kind of nice down here Yeah. <laughs> and then uh i decided to stay and i just happened to get a job as an intern in the sports department at the tampa tribune which is a is a newspaper there are still newspapers <laughs> out there as you know yeah. luckily for you obviously yeah uh tribune doesn't exist anymore but uh that guy you and know, I stayed in Florida and never left uh yeah. took some time you know ended up covering the gators ended up covering yeah. the NFL now now I'm back working for the gators right. so uh uh it's been a, it's it's you know just, it's hard to leave when you're here and start to figure out how it is it's weird because my, my daughter is at the University of Virginia so she's back in Virginia but I'm here really so Okay. Yes.
2: Well, I can remember, I think the first road, when I was covering UK football, the first road game I covered at Florida, and I think either first or second, and uh, I was with uh, your your friends of mine, uh, Pat Forty and Mark Coombs, I think the courier, and we were down there, and we went someplace to eat and went someplace to, uh, after the game, and, you know, it's, I think it, w- it might have been November, I can't remember uh, for sure, but it was, you know, very nice and warm, people wearing shorts, and we and we all said, okay, we see how they recruit now we can see how they (laughs) get good players down here
1: that's (laughs) exactly right that's exactly right it's easy
2: yeah, so once you get them down for a visit, you know I think you you're in good shape. So well, let's talk basketball. Florida and Kentucky let's. on Saturday, uh, four yep. o'clock second meeting between these two teams. Kentucky handled the Gators uh, pretty easily in the first game, which was a surprise. I'm probably surprised to Florida. It was a surprise to me with Kentucky, having seen this Kentucky team play mm-hmm. up to that point. What, what's changed for Florida since that first game? You think, or or has much changed?
1: Well, I think one of the reasons that we, I think people were surprised, John, from the outcome that came Florida had been playing pretty well going into the season or going to going into the sec season um which was something in a surprise of itself because if you recall they shut the program down for 15 days after the collapse of Keontae Johnson it was a very emotional time for this basketball team um you know uh, when 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 Keontae was in the hospital both in Tallahassee uh in his coma and he was moved to in a coma to the transfer to Gainesville um in that coma um that was a that was a delicate time for these guys uh this is a guy they they love obviously and they they probably said that had it been any teammate that it didn't that was in that kind of situation but um you know frankly they 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 didn't care about basketball at that time Mm -hmm. and then came you know the holidays were coming you're dealing with covid they'd already had a couple games they can't they wiped out uh um four games um and just sent everybody home they didn't even practice they didn't meet they didn't do anything they came back uh i want to say the day after christmas and the sec season opened uh the 29th or 30th i think um anyway uh florida came out of the box really well they killed vanderbilt on the road and then won a big game at home against lsu people saying oh this florida team's pretty good without keon you know they're they were playing on emotion, I think, mm-hmm. because of the whole Keontae Johnson situation. He had rejoined the team. He was, he I say rejoined the team in a in a spiritual sense. In that he was on the sidelines. He was actually helping the coaches. He was he was helping present scouting reports, and they saw that he was okay. And kind of reality hit with a road trip to Alabama, mm-hmm. and. Then came Kentucky in and people Kentucky was st- at, although they had struggled in the in the in the non-conference I think they won their first two games if I'm not mistaken Correct. in in league play. Right. And they just came in here and just punched them in the mouth and ran away with that game. I think there was a 16 to 4 run out of the by a 6 point game in half. See, Kentucky was I think they were up by 25 or 26 points in the second half and it was just a uh I think it was kind of like a come to Jesus kind of moment for the Gators in that regard and they've been they, they they've had they've, I don't want to say they've been Jekyll and Hyde mm-hmm. but they kind of found themselves a little bit more of an identity late in January with uh, you know kicking the ball into Colin Castleton let him do some stuff the 611 transfer from Michigan Um they're still a decent shooting team, John, uh, second in the league right now. They're, I think they're third or fourth in three-point shooting, obviously led by Noah Locke, who uh, became the ninth player in program history to make 200 career threes uh, last week. Um, they had a huge win in the SEC Big 12 Challenge at West Virginia. You listen to some – Jimmy Dykes has called it on a couple games the best win by, uh, by an SEC team this season when you consider it was at West Virginia. And they got out of January in a four-game winning streak, feeling pretty good about themselves. At home game against South Carolina, guess what? Yeah, there's all 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 the air is let out of the tire with a real bad loss. Not only was it a bad loss, but they're up by six with uh, with I want to say inside four minutes to go, and didn't score another basket. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. it was kind. They played Arkansas. Then then they hit it. Then they had another COVID pause. Right. Okay. Another COVID pause, three games canceled. First game back is a road game at Arkansas. They had a one-point lead with uh, four minutes to go, I think. Their only lead of the game, I think they're out. I think they hit one free throw the rest of the game. And so two similar games in that their co- offensive collapses late in those two losses. Um, but they've kind of picked themselves up a little bit the last two games. They won at home against Georgia last Saturday. And then they won Tuesday night uh, on the road against Auburn, which was we with which was re- without Sharif Cooper, which is obviously a huge loss for them. Um, uh, won by 17. That was a game they were led by 25 in the second half. So um, they're a flawed team. They they don't have a true point guard per se. They have turnover issues. They had 20 against Georgia in that win. Uh, I compare that. That's like throwing four interceptions in a game and, and still winning. Um, but uh. uh you know, here comes Kentucky, which obviously is playing as well as it probably has all season, I would imagine, with three straight wins. Isaiah Jackson is a, is a problem. Um, so I'm not, not to say that Florida can't win that game, uh, but hell, they've only won 10 games ever in Lexington, Kentucky to begin with. Um, but they're getting Kentucky, obviously, uh, 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 an unfortunate time for them when they probably thought they were getting them at a fortunate time from earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can flip the script on that a little bit, but uh, uh, you know, I, 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 it's 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 going to be obviously a, a a difficult game because, like I said, Florida Florida has some flaws relative to taking care of the ball, relative to sl- shot selection, and relative to consistency on defense. They can be they get beat off the dribble a lot, mm-hmm. and that's been a source of emphasis uh, with Mike White uh, the last couple weeks.
2: What, just looking at the, I haven't seen a whole lot of them play here lately. I saw, I mm-hmm. watched the West Virginia game. Yeah, they looked really good in that one. That was, I agree with Jimmy Dykes. That's as good a win as SEC teams had all year. Uh, but it looks like just looking at the box scores that Trey Mann is playing pretty well right now. Is is he's kind of the leader right now?
1: Yeah, he's the scoring leader right now. And I tell you what, the in the Georgia game, um, he had 16 points in the first half, and he was as aggressive as he's been, I think, this season. And I think he needs to. be, he needs to be that guy because he's, he's not this, um, uh, explosive kind of player. He plays kind of, he's kind of silky in the way he plays, but he's crafty with his moves. He can get a shot off it at just about any time he wants to. And that, and Florida hasn't had a lot of guys, um, who, who, who have been able to do that. He, he can, and he's up to, he's almost six, six now. So he's lengthy and lanky and, and he, he can go get one. i tell you what he's, He's he he was at five points a game last year. He's his he's improved his average by nine points a game, and I'm I'm looking at a stat right now. That's the he's he's only the third player in Florida in the last 25 years to increase his scoring average by nine points in uh, from one season to the next. The other two were right. Joe kim No and Torian Green. Yeah, so um he's he yes he's having a pretty good year, and I tell you what he's he's become multifaceted in that. Uh, he's also, I think, their their number uh, three rebounder this year. He had 13 rebounds at Auburn the other day, and that's the first time that a a, a player at Florida, a guard, excuse me, has had at least 19 points and 13 rebounds in game since Nick Calathes. So that's pretty good oh. company he's keeping too. So yeah, he's he's he he's playing he's playing much better than he did a year ago. Um, but again, he had pedigree. He was a McDonald's All American coming in, mm-hmm. and a lot was thought of him La- last year. He got a, he suffered a concussion. Four games into the season last year, really never got his confidence. But he came into this season confident, and he's playing a little more confident now. And they need that. He's going to have to be really confident going into Rupp Arena.
2: You mentioned Castleton uh, earlier, the, the yep. transfer from Michigan. How's he playing right now?
1: He's. I mean he 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 was better a few weeks ago. He was certainly good during that uh, during that winning streak that exited January. He kind of had a his breakout was um, uh, early in early in SEC play. Uh, I think he had 23 points. um, I think his career high at Michigan was six. He had 23 in the first game against Vanderbilt. And then they played against LSU. I think he got in foul trouble. It was the second second SEC game. Hmm. I want to say he didn't have any points in the first half. And he scored, I think, 17 in a row for the Gators in that game and helped them beat uh, LSU. And and he kind of has that kind of – reminds me of John Fulkerson a little bit you know just uh yeah i mean in that kind of play around the basket he's a pretty good finisher um it'd be better if he was better at at, at recognition of double of the double teams because teams are starting to fire him in the post a little bit more and he's not great at being able to kick the ball out and that that would really help florida if he was better at that because you know they 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 are a good three-point shooting team especially with guys that are open but um you know he's 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 he he's one of the reasons that they've had success this year he hasn't been at his best the last couple games, but in his in his defense, um, when they went into the COVID pause, he was in the middle of that COVID pause. He wasn't even cleared for a practice until the day before the Arkansas game. Well, so I think he's just, he's just now trying, you know, getting back maybe a, a little bit of his like wind and a little bit on the, on the on the conditioning front. But um, the fact that they were able to go to auburn and win by 17 the other day and he scored i think seven points in that game mm-hmm. that's a pretty that, that's a that's that's a good sign for florida they were getting uh stuff from other guys um i will have to say i don't know if you were going to ask me but scotty lewis in that auburn game um he he in in florida's um i want to say the four s or the four sec losses that he played in he totaled nine points right really? He was getting in foul trouble. I think he had nine points and 14 fouls in those games. He uh, he came back in a big way and bounced off the schneid uh, in that in that Auburn game the other day. He had 14 in the first half, finished with 16 points and five steals. That's the Scotty Lewis the Gators have to have, to have if they're going to be the best version of themselves because he's an elite defensive player on the perimeter, and they're really going to need that kind of game. He was invisible. Uh, when they played against Kentucky, I think he had two points yeah. in the game right. and was in foul trouble in that game also.
2: Right, right. What about uh, – uh, what? I mean, does Florida – what do they feel about their NCAA chances? Do they feel like they're in? Do they feel like they're on the bubble? Do they still have more work to do? What, what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the bracketology and stuff like that, I mean, they're, they're safely in right now, but mm-hmm. you're talking about finishing the year uh, on the road to Kentucky – uh, the regular season finale, uh, is next week against Missouri, uh, a team that's certainly capable of coming in here and winning now, all of a sudden, um, if they're lose those two games, uh, I mean, you see them in bracketology anywhere from like a seven to a nine, mm-hmm. uh, all that, that can change very quickly. You go on the, you go to the sec tournament and you can lay an egg there. And now, now you're taking, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're you, right. you, you, it's, you're not in control anymore. Right. Um, they could really help themselves by winning one of these next two games. Um, again, I think that West Virginia game is 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 a lifesaver uh, when you think about it. That's a high RPI metric win, right. and that's one that the the committee, of course, will be looking at. But um, you can't take anything for granted right now. Twelve and six, good record. Eight and five is a good record. They're alone in fourth place in the SEC. SEC is probably five or six team bid league right. Uh, right now. Uh, Florida is one of those for sure, but uh, if if they don't take care of some business, uh, that could, that could change. I would imagine.
2: So, what do they have to do Saturday to get the win? Are there one or two things they have to do to to uh, to beat Kentucky? We're we up and get yeah. that eleventh eleventh win in Lexington.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the record is ten and fifty one or ten mm-hmm. and fifty two or something. If I'm not. Six, uh, Sixteen. They're not what, alone. 16% there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of SEC say, teams with I mean, those. Record. there may there may be some that are fewer than 10 <laughs> yeah right? i think okay, there so they, are maybe? yeah 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 what do they have to do um i don't uh, concast can't get in foul trouble because if the way isaiah jackson is playing right now uh that, that's really really impressive and i know and i i know he's playing a lot more minutes or uh, jackson is but i see he's getting to the foul line a lot so that means uh he's becoming pretty hard to guard down there in the post or Guys are, you know, hard to box out or whatever's going on down there. If Colin Caston gets in foul trouble, then uh, that's going to be a big advantage for 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 Kentucky with with, with Jackson with his activity down in there. Um, they got to hit some shots. I, I mentioned earlier they're number two in the league, uh, percentage wise, in in making threes. But uh, the last couple games, even though they've won, they have missed some wide open three point shots, and that includes Noah Locke, who is usually. When he's as open as he's been a couple of times, that's usually like a a horse shot for him. So um, they can if they can hit some shots against Kentucky, hit the open shots against Kentucky and keep casting out of foul trouble. And lastly, one of their weaknesses, John, is they they have trouble staying in front of uh, straight line drivers Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, so, so here Wheeler. Uh, had a field day against them, twenty seven points career high. Um, uh, you know I, I was if if Sharif Cooper had been in the game, I, I I don't know what would have happened at Auburn to be honest with you. Really? Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, but if I know they've been drilling, you know, moving their feet more, not fouling more. they get they have a tendency to foul a little bit too much, any kind of game like that. up like it, it's like gators have to almost play a perfect game every time they go to Lexington. I know this isn't the perfect, uh, Kentucky team by, by a long shot, but it's always, uh, it's always, it's going to be in their heads how hard it is to win up there. There's, there's no player on the team right now that, I, that, I, that I think has won it as won at Kentucky. So Mike White's only won there once. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, go up there and give it your best shot and, and, and hope that Kentucky doesn't, you know, keep it going and hope that Kentucky doesn't like all of a sudden, uh, Devin asks you, isn't John wall all of a sudden. Yeah.
2: I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, but uh, they, Kentucky is playing better. But uh, right. no, it's still, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. And I'm sure Florida wants to show that they're better than they were. What happened to them in Gainesville against Kentucky? Uh, well, Chris, remind the, remind the listeners uh, how they can find you on Twitter and how they can find you online.
1: They can find me at Gators Chris on Twitter and we're at FloridaGators.com and I have a preview of the uh of of, of that game broken down and something i call pregame stuff which i do before every game and uh people can go there and i would appreciate if they give me a click or two and i appreciate you having me on this show john
2: well definitely give chris a uh, click or two or three or more than that (laughs) and uh chris as always as a friend of the pod, we sure appreciate you being on the podcast all
1: right thank you my pleasure
2: Okay, that was Chris Harry of FloridaGators.com. Be sure and check out his coverage leading up to and after the game. And we'll be right back with Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Okay, my guest on the podcast is UK basketball beat writer for Kentucky.com and the Lake Herald leader, Jerry Tipton. How's it going, Jerry?
0: Hi, John. I'm doing well. How about you?
2: I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. You survived the ice storm and the snowstorm.
0: Yeah, nothing too dramatic. I really like snow.
2: Yes, I think we we may have talked about this before. You being a Michigander, you like the snow.
0: Yeah, but the ice, that's a whole different thing. (laughs) And uh, No, I'm not a fan of the ice. Not big on the ice? (laughs) No, so I'm glad we are kind of moved on.
2: Now, I know you're a Detroit Red Wings guy. Did you do much ice skating in Michigan when you were growing up?
0: Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that in the uh, town I grew up in, which was an independent city inside the Detroit city limits, they were very big on, uh, having kids, uh, active and the, the city did things to keep them active. Like they, all the elementary schools were open. The gyms were open in the winter and you could go there and play basketball. And, uh, and one of the things they did was they had an ice skating rink an outdoor oh. ice skating rink. And yeah, I've, I learned to skate and, uh, you know, did that. Hmm.
2: I'm ne- I've never, never put on skates. I've never, uh, ice skated. When, they, when we were up in Detroit for one of those, uh, uh, games, I guess, uh, against michigan state uh but anyway uh, i went over to uh the uh, arena where the red wings play and it was on a if i remember saturday morning because i wanted to buy look for some red wing stuff for my kids and they were having like a um people could go and skate that morning uh fans of the team or whatever and there, so there were a bunch of people out on the ice i guess a free skate is that what they
0: call it i guess yeah, yeah. but i yeah i remember that you know you they would have music playing yeah. kind of the ice skating kind of music. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was fun. Yeah. I, uh, I had figure skates. That's what my mother bought me. Yeah. And, uh, I always kind of wondered, maybe I should have gotten hockey skates. Those yeah. were, those seemed cooler, <laughs> but the, uh, you know the figure skates worked
2: and it was yeah. fun yeah you know. okay uh well back to uh, back to here uh where the ice and snow thankfully is gone and we've got Kentucky and Florida on on Saturday at Rupp, and Kentucky is sort of heating up a little bit here. they've won three in a row uh could have won four in a row lost by one point to Arkansas and Arkansas is showing that they're a really good team they beat as we record this on Thursday they beat Alabama. Uh, fairly handily last night uh, there in Fayetteville. What, what do you think it's been the difference for this Kentucky team? Why have, uh, all, why have all of a sudden they've been able to put a winning streak
0: together? Well, I think they're, you know, over time you play better, you know, uh, you, you, you know, just the more experience you have playing together. and As we all know, this is a new collection of players. Uh, I think, you know, theoretically you can get better the more you do it. And, of course, they're shooting better. And, uh, rel- and their uh, assist-to-turnover ratio is better. And it wasn't like when they were losing, they were just getting drilled. You know, they were right, right there again and again. And now they're better and they're right there and they're coming out on top of it uh, in those kind of games, with the exception of Tennessee, where they did win right. fairly handily. Right.
2: What, what did you think of the Tennessee game? What what stood out to you? Yeah, Kentucky beat Tennessee 70-55 uh, to 55 last Saturday. They were supposed to play Texas A&M on Tuesday night, uh, but that game was uh, postponed. Now we know it's been canceled uh, because of Texas A&M's having all kinds of COVID problems in their program. What did you take away from Kentucky's win over Tennessee?
0: Well, I mean, I thought it was a continuation of playing better and the momentum uh, with that, I also thought Tennessee was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh-huh. I, they, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, they just, uh, you know, they couldn't, they, they just didn't play well. Right. And Kentucky was good enough to take advantage of that.
2: Right. Yeah. I think Tennessee was like one of 12 in the second half on three pointers, committed a bunch of turnovers. Uh, so yeah. I thought
0: it was interesting that, and, and, uh, you may recall I asked John Calipari about it afterwards in the post-game press conference that uh, to start the second half, I think Kentucky made like three right. of their first 22 shots, something like that, and extended the lead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you know, as the coaches always say, you know, you don't want shooting dictating uh, how the rest of your game goes, and they certainly showed that they were were you know capable of competing despite the ball not going in the basket.
2: Yeah, I think they shot uh tw- not quite 21% in the second half, but yet they played Tennessee to a draw in the second half. I think it was 25-25. So, yeah. yeah. Uh
0: Tennessee is a, just a mystery to me because yeah. they just from game to game, I just have no idea what what I'm going to see. Right. And I I asked I bounced that off somebody that uh, covers Tennessee and they basically said that uh, Rick Barnes is puzzled by this team too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean there's several teams like that I think where I see them one time and I think one thing and then I see them a week later and it's like who are these guys? Right. What?
2: Right. Yeah, very inconsistent. Um For Kentucky, it looks like, uh, to me anyway, that Isaiah Jackson has made a big difference the way he's played, especially these last few games. And uh, something we've talked to Cal about, I know you talked to Cal about, was uh, not just his presence offensively, but what he's been able to do defensively. Cal always likes those rim protectors, and it seems right now Isaiah's playing really well at both ends of the floor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Cal said after one of the games, or before one of the recent games, that uh, Jackson's a better shooter than maybe people realize. I mean, he's he's capable of a mid-range kind of game, and on in. And I think he's shown that uh, in these recent games. And yeah, the rim protection. I thought it was interesting the last time we got to talk to Jackson. He said that uh, that that there were a lot of doubters about yeah. whether he could play. And I, I was kind of puzzled by that because I believe he was a five-star prospect yeah. and, uh, you know, highly regarded and all that. So I, I didn't get a chance to ask him, who are the, who were yeah. these doubters <laughs> and, and what were they saying? Uh, but anyway, wh- what whoever they are, uh, he's using that, I guess, as motivation.
2: Yeah. They all have their doubters. They come up, whether they're there or not, they all come up with their doubters that, you know, that they have to prove wrong. Um, Kentucky handled Florida pretty easily back in, of course, that was back in early January down in Gainesville. I'm sure a lot of things have changed since then, but do you think that first game has any bearing on this game?
0: No. Yeah. How's that for a short back <laughs> then? No. Well, do you want to
2: expound yeah. on that, Jerry?
0: <laughs> uh, I think uh, Florida's like a little bit like Tennessee in the sense of, I don't know what I'm going to get right. from game to game. And, they, you know, they've had games where they've looked pretty good, and then they've had games and of course they've had what a tumultuous season they've had right. with Keontae Johnson and so on. So, I mean, you know, they've really, uh, you know, it's been quite a roller coaster ride for them. So no, I don't think that game was, you know, I, that was surprising too. I believe I looked it up today. I believe that was the second biggest margin of victory for Kentucky this season. Really? Uh, Morehead state being the biggest. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, will that happen again, who knows. I mean, right. you know, I think the whole season could be marked by unpredictability. Right. And uh I would put that on that label on this game Saturday too.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, everybody up and down. Uh I know we're supposed to look at it one game at a time, uh and Kentucky will have two more games after that as we As we record this, in fact, we were getting ready to record this and it came across uh, our email that uh, they've now the South Carolina game, Kentucky, South Carolina game, which was supposed to be played back in December, got postponed. That will be played on March 6th. So Kentucky will play at Ole Miss. On Tuesday night, next Tuesday night, and then next Saturday, they will play South Carolina. Then comes the SEC tournament, where, which is really Kentucky's only chance of getting into the NCAA tournament, is winning the SEC tournament. If you looked at it right now, what kind of chance do you think Kentucky would have in the SEC tournament?
0: Well, I, you know, I, you know, obviously I think they, they have a chance. I think it's fairly open. They, the last time they played Alabama, it came right down to the final minutes. And at Alabama. So, yeah, I mean, I think they have a chance. And I think you're, if you're Kentucky or any team, you, the fewer games you have to play the better. Right. So, you know, if they could get the double bye, that would be helpful. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they still have a chance at that.
2: I think and they do. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think there's several teams that, uh, I think can win any particular game. How about Vandy? Last place Vandy is playing, you know, they played Alabama. to like a four-point game recently, and uh, they're playing, they played Kentucky to a one-possession game both times. Right. It's down to the final seconds. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're a capable team if healthy. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, no. That's a very good point. Of course, Tennessee beat Vandy, I think, by twelve last night. But Vandy didn't have Scottie Pippen. Uh, th- seems like there was another player that Vandy.
0: Uh, Dylan D- so. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, he was missing too. So their yeah, top I mean, two, players, it, two yeah. players, yeah. Players. Right. Right. I mean, and they
0: still, you know, they were still competitive. Right. I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. like a rout. Right. Right. So, you know.
2: But yeah, if you look around the league, the way Arkansas is playing, like I mentioned before, you look at a team like Ole Miss, who's playing, who Kentucky has to go play down in Oxford on Tuesday. They're playing. uh, They lost the game to Mississippi State, who looks like they're now playing a little bit better the last couple of games. But they go to Missouri uh, the other night and beat Missouri in uh, in Columbia. They're playing a lot better. There's, uh, I think Kentucky has a chance, but you can say that about a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ole Miss is an intriguing team to me. Just, uh, I think they have good players. Uh, Devonte Shuler is a good guard, a guy yes. that knows how to play basketball, and uh, and I, I think they really play with a lot of effort. Mm. And uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's any reason to think uh, Kentucky or any team right. is just going to breeze. Right. I think uh, you know whoever wins that thing will will earn it.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, anything else about the game on Saturday uh, with Florida uh, that sticks out to you going into the game?
0: Well, uh, you know, I, I, the guy that I'm kind of intrigued by with Florida is uh, the big guy, Colin Castleton. Right. It, just because he, to me, epitomizes the uh, the ups and downs. Uh-huh. He, he's, he's had some good games, and, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot the first time uh, in the first game against Kentucky uh six points and three rebounds. So it'll be interesting to see uh uh how how that goes uh on on Saturday. Right,
2: right. So we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. Uh I assume we'll get uh, John Calipari, uh and a player on Friday uh uh for interviews uh, the Zoom interviews we've been doing all year. Uh so look for Jerry's coverage uh, leading up to the game on Saturday and after 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 the game, follow him on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. Uh, You can read him on Kentucky.com, and you can also read him in the print edition of The Arrow Leader. And as always, Jerry, thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Sure thing, John. Thanks.
2: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Chris Harry of FloridaGators.com and Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Be sure and follow all of our coverage in Kentucky.com on the game Saturday leading up to the game. Uh, Then during the game, we'll have live updates on Kentucky.com on my sidelines blog. It's a 4 o'clock start, as I mentioned earlier, on CBS. We'll have plenty of coverage after the game. Look for my takeaways. Uh, Look for Mark Story's coverage and Jerry's coverage. We'll have plenty on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. You can get a sports pass, a sports-only digital subscription, $30 for the first year. You get all of our U.K. basketball, U.K. football, U.K. recruiting, our high school coverage. You get columns by both Mark Storey and myself, $30 for the first year. Follow me on Twitter at JohnClayIV. At the top of my Twitter page, you'll see a pinned tweet with all the information about the Sports Pass digital subscription. Click on that. That'll take you right to where you can sign up. And like I said before, we really do appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Arrow Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports the podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In iHeart Radio Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Leave us a rating, subscribe and leave us a rating and review. That just helps get the word out there about the podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email, JClay at herald-leader.com. Thanks again to Chris Harry and Jerry Tipton. Thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast, and we'll be talking to you again soon.